Hey, Adele here. So I've been offline for a bit. For those of you who've been following me on social media, you may know that I suddenly lost my husband, my soulmate, my best friend, about seven weeks and three days ago. And it has been by far the most shocking, devastating, and shattering experience of my life. And out of what I've experienced over the past few weeks, um, I have noticed some things through my own grief process that may be useful to you. So if you have lost someone close to you, or, or any sort of major loss, uh, major breakup, uh, um, job loss, loss of a dream, um, or if you are around someone who has had a, a severe devastating loss, and you don't know what to say, you don't know how to help them or how to support them, this clip is for you. Because my experience has been that in our culture, we really don't know how to support each other through loss. Um, Of course, the loss of someone close to you, death, is probably the most scary. And we are a culture that's very uncomfortable with talking about this level of loss. And yet, loss is a part of life. There's no way around it. And the more um, we cringe or try to look away, the more we feel um, unsupported, either within ourselves or from those around us. So the past few weeks have been absolutely devastating for me. And there were some things that I noticed that people would say to me that were definitely not helpful, and I'm going to share them here so that if you're in a situation of wanting to support somebody who's had a horrible loss, please don't say these things. It may sound good to you. It may have a certain sort of cosmic wisdom in your mind that you think might help the listener But just take it from me that it doesn't land the way you think. And just by me letting you know, you can know not to say these things. Because I'm sure you only mean well, right? You only mean to support and let someone know that you're there for them or to say something that might comfort them. Similarly, if you're on the receiving end of some of these, what I call um, cliches, um, maybe you'll know why these things that people say haven't really helped. Even though you thought they should, or you appreciated the sentiment, or you might have even thought, well, they're right, why don't I feel better? Or maybe you've thought, you know, let them say this, I know that they need to say this to feel better. But inside, maybe you're cringing, this clip is for you. So um, I'm just going to get down to a few things that people said to me, Um, that were not helpful. And I'm going to explain why. And so this way you can be prepared on how to support someone else who's going through a loss. And these are things that are, I would call them thought terminating cliches. Actually, this is a term that was coined by an author, Robert J. Lifton, to describe language or a phrase that compresses a complex human problem into brief, highly reductive, and definitive-sounding phrases. 
So by that, in normal language, it means it's a commonly used phrase, often disguised as positive, toxic positivity, or even folk wisdom that dismisses or oversimplifies thoughts in an effort to stop further discussion. Are you with me so far? And these are phrases like, time heals all wounds. It's all in your head. Everything happens for a reason. Well, you know it was his time, right? It could be worse. Someone out there has it worse than you. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. The only way out is through. Or try to look on the bright side. So these are just a handful of cliches that are specifically targeted at people who are struggling with their mental health, their grief, a major loss. And even though it's well-meaning, the problem is it doesn't just stop people from thinking, you know, oh my gosh, my life is horrible, whatever. But it stops people from feeling. And that's the most destructive part. So when you say these things, you may think it's useful to stop someone from thinking in a negative way. But what you're actually doing is you're also stopping them from feeling that they're not able to fully feel through what has happened to process. It's almost like you want to just stop that nonsense of pain for them. And the biggest problem is when people feel these, when people hear these phrases repeatedly over time from friends, family, colleagues, it makes it much more difficult for those folks to feel through their inner experience because it dismisses or minimizes people's traumatic experience. It also disempowers people. It's the opposite of what you think. It prevents someone from being heard or understood. Can you feel, if someone has said something to you after a major breakup of, you know, the only way out is through, yeah, on some level you could say, well, I suppose that's true, but it stops all further conversation. It stops all real feeling. And you might think you did them a favor by reminding them, but it's not like the person that heard this says, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. You're right. Um, You know, what doesn't kill me would make me stronger. And there's a meaning for everything. And I feel so much better. Thank you for reminding me. My pain is actually lessened. No one says that. I think we can agree. That might be what the speaker subconsciously hopes will happen. I've had people say things like, the one that really got me after the loss of my husband was well-intentioned spiritual people saying, well, Adele, you know it was his time, right? And I just wanted to look at that person and slap them. Like, how do you know? That is something you made up. You know, or it's a belief. It's a belief system that you have that you're trying to impose on me. And it doesn't make me feel any better. It doesn't make me feel any less grieving or in pain or wiser. You might think it's right. I mean, I suppose on some million foot level, 
Everyone has a time on planet Earth. My, my dog has a, a time on planet Earth. Yes, but it is not helpful. It's something people say to sound wise. And if they wanted me to say, oh, you're absolutely right. Thank you for reminding me. I feel so much better. It didn't work. It didn't land. I just merely nodded and smiled and said, mm-hmm. Because I, as a recipient, knew that they had a need to say that. They didn't know what else to say in the moment. Can you feel through this? People do this. And is one reason why people in pain often feel very lonely and isolated. So if there's one thing I can share with everyone listening to this podcast, please don't say these things. When people say these things, it's really more for the speaker, not the person in pain. It's well-intentioned, but it doesn't land. It disempowers and it, it keeps the person from feeling heard and understood. In some cases, it can reactivate or re-traumatize people with fear. And it prevents people from opening up and really exploring their sadness, their grief, their trauma, whatever it is. It also activates if someone is hurting and they have any early attachment injury, which most of us do. And I'm not going to get into that. You know, there's a lot of... um, research being done on things like attachment theory and early childhood stuff. And there's nothing like a major loss later. Um, And then people saying this kind of stuff that may have come from parental figures. Try to look on the bright side of of your bone-crushing loss of your relationship. Or time heals all wounds. Well, my goodness, if someone said that to you as a child... Can you feel how that just left the kid feeling completely unsupported? And the thing is, many people who are going through grief and trauma, they don't even consider themselves having had trauma. You know, we we don't have this awareness that all of us, everyone listening to this, probably does have some trauma of things that happen. Now, this is not meant to bash anyone, but it's just being really honest with some of the issues we face, partly as a result of the dysfunction in the culture that we're living in, partly as a result of generational trauma that's a function of much bigger events that have happened around us. It's not always an individual thing. And so we have these traumas within our system, not that we're wearing them on our sleeves, but they are they are in us that can be easily touched on by a major loss. So my hope is by just sitting with this podcast, you might look at yourself and realize why you have felt less than supported when you were in the depths of your pain and someone said one of these cliches to you. That, in fact, people are not always thriving. You know, we are survivors of traumas, living with unresolved wounds, even if you might think, well, this was just a part of growing up, right? You know, I didn't have any major trauma. That was just the way it is. You know, a lot of people don't even recognize that as a type of trauma attachment theory. I get many clients, high-performing clients, that don't recognize that their lack of emotional support, of being really heard and seen early on, maybe because they got a bunch of cliches about what it meant to, you know, 
there's no crying in baseball or, you know, whatever, don't dwell, that in a way that kept people from being able to sit with what they were really feeling, what they were really thinking. And it became a way of living. And people are shut down, half shut down, and they're not even aware of it. Because here, folks, you deserve a life of more than just just deal with it. Just deal with it. You deserve a life of thriving. So this is something that I've been sitting with um, through what people were saying to me. Now, and of course, we know the, the, the really gross ones like, well, heaven has another angel. Or, um, you know, my favorite one that people meant well was, well, everything happens for a reason. And again, please don't say that. You may believe that. And the person you're talking to might believe it in some way, but it's not the right time. It's not helpful. Because if I really believed that, that Bill left suddenly, abruptly, with no warning, if I really believe that it happened for a reason, I would also have to believe that, well, gosh, he decided to leave and abandon me. That does not help a grieving person. So if you have this belief, please, at that moment when you're sitting with someone who's had a serious loss, don't say that. There might be time later when someone might be more resourceful and and willing to maybe have a conversation. They'll let you know. Please don't impose it on them with this idea that they need to know this for their own good. Please don't do that. Wouldn't it be fabulous? So what do you do? What can you say? I will say that the people that were the most supportive of me during this horrible time, which I'm still going through, often didn't say much at all. There was a sense of full presence. I could see it in their eyes of, oh. And they were just there. They held me with their energy, with their presence, with a look in their eye. They weren't cringing. They weren't babbling. They weren't saying a thought-stopping cliche. They were just there. They knew I could feel in their field that they were sad for me. Some people even said, I'm sad that this happened to you. Now, I will say that we have a phrase that is very common in our culture where people say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for you, or I'm sorry that this happened, or I'm sorry. Sorry is not the best word. I'm sorry for your loss. I got a lot of that. And I appreciate that because I could feel the energetic of it. Even if the linguistic word of sorry is not the best word. And if you have a suggestion of a better word we could coin in the English language, I would love to hear it because, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear it, is is the best we have. But technically, the word sorry implies some sort of apology, right? And it, you know, technically, people are apologizing that my husband had a sudden fatal V-fib situation and passed. And logically, that's not true. No one can apologize for my, my husband's passing. But I, I agree. I've said the word the same. I'm so sorry for your loss because I didn't know a better word. Condolences... I, you know, that word feels kind of 
for me, a little bit dismissive or technical or clinical. It's all right. Sympathies, that's fine. But is there another word besides, I'm so sorry for your loss? I would love to hear it. Some people said, I'm so sad that this happened to you. I get it. So if you don't know what to say, you don't need to say anything. You can merely be there for somebody. And oh, gosh, you know, I, I'm so sad to hear this, or I'm sad for your loss. That's plenty. And there's no need to try to cheer people up with these cliches of, well, it was his time. Everything happens for a reason. Time heals all wounds. Uh, heaven has another angel, whatever. So I hope this has been useful. This is some way, if you are trying to support someone, you have a sense of how and why you might be able to do that. And if you're the one on the receiving end of these sorts of cliches, perhaps you'll understand it's just because people don't know what else to say or do. Okay. So next time, if, if this has been useful, um, I welcome subscribe to this channel, share it with a friend who might be going through a hard time. Listen to this a couple times. There's my dog, Rudy. He has been traumatized by this whole thing because he was barking hysterically, trying to protect my husband on that horrible morning when they were out for a walk and my husband collapsed. Rudy went crazy and he hasn't been the same since. So until next time, Rudy and I wish you um, a good day and um, uh, tune in next time. Thanks. So my hope is if you've been on the receiving end of what I call these cliches, you'll understand why people are doing it and why it doesn't always feel very good. That you don't try to gaslight yourself into saying, yeah, you know, you're right. I feel so much better knowing that time heals all wounds. Everything happens for a reason. Uh, What doesn't kill me makes me stronger, all that. Please don't try to gaslight yourself. Allow yourself the space and time to feel what you're feeling. Similarly, if you're on the um, other side of wanting to support somebody who's going through something, don't say these things. You know, maybe just your full presence is all that's needed. You know, I'm so sorry to hear it, or I'm so sad to hear it, whatever. It's more the energetic, but there, of course, there are certain phrases that aren't useful. And you can hear Rudy barking here hysterically. He hasn't been the same since what happened when my husband took Rudy out for a walk and collapsed, and Rudy went crazy, hysterically barking, attracted the attention of some EMTs. Unfortunately, Rudy hasn't been the same since. He's been actually very anxious, and he's staring out the window looking for Bill. Where's Bill? Where's Bill? Where's Bill? And he doesn't know that Bill isn't coming home. So, as usual, if you have enjoyed this, share this with a friend. Um, Subscribe to this channel for more soul conversations on what we need to be stronger, resilient humans to go after what the life we were meant to live, the livelihood, and our purpose. Until next time, take care.